Good morning, Christ Church. So glad you could be with us in worship this morning. Uh, before we reflect on today's scripture lessons, let's pause for a moment of prayer. Will you pray with me? Oh, loving God, speak to us your words of life this day that we might be your instruments of life in the world this week. We thank you for each person that is worshiping with us virtually. We offer this time to you. In Christ's name, amen. So an ancient philosopher once said, the most valuable thing a person can spend is their time. Well, this week I read an article about how much time Americans are spending on social media. According to the article, Gen Z's spend the most time at three hours a day. They're closely followed by millennials who tend to spend about two and a half hours on social media. And Gen Xers come in third at an hour and 39 minutes. They're followed by baby boomers who weigh in at about an hour and 20 minutes. On average, however, the article said American Internet users spend 144 minutes on social media every single day. And while social media sites like Twitter and Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, and Reddit have become increasingly popular, the number one social media platform continues to be Facebook with 2.6 billion active users who are on its platform at least 40 minutes a day, 20 hours a month, or 10 days a year. So while this talk about time spent on social media in general, and Facebook in particular, well, it's not to bash social media, and particularly not to bash Facebook, which many of you are using to watch this morning's message. Now, social media and Facebook play an important role in many of our lives. It keeps us connected, which has been especially important during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a great way to share information about what's going on in our lives. And it can be used to post thoughts on a variety of topics. As we continue our Sacred Practices worship series this morning, however, I want to talk about a book that I think is much more important, much better to spend our time on than Facebook or any other social media platform. And what is that book? It's our faith book, the Bible, the ancient words of Scripture, which tell the story of our faith. See, this morning I want to talk about the sacred practice of reading and reflecting on Scripture, the practice of spending some time with our faith book each and every day. I want to suggest several reasons why it's important for us to engage in this sacred practice. And then I want to suggest four ways that we can do it. So let's begin with why. Why is it important for us to spend time with our faith book each day? Well, first, it's important to spend some time with our faith book each day because it gives us a plan, a plan for healthy living. Psalm 119 puts it this way, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And 2 Timothy says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. It exposes our faulty ways. It corrects our mistakes. It helps us learn to live in God's way. See, each of these passages remind us that the pages of Scripture offer us wisdom and insight that can guide us into ways of living that not only improve our lives and relationships, but the life of the entire world. Thomas Jefferson once put it like this, The studious pursuit of this sacred volume will make us a nation of better citizens, better parents, and better spouses. 
Abraham Lincoln put it another way. He said, I'm often profitably engaged in the reading of the Bible, for I believe that the wisdom contained in this book will help me live and die a better man. You may remember the story of the little girls who spent the night with their grandmother. When they got up early one morning, they found her reading the Bible. Grandmother, one of the little girls said, do you read your Bible every morning? Oh yes, the grandmother replied. Why do you do that? The other girl asked. Well, the grandmother replied, I read my Bible every morning because it gives me basic instructions before leaving earth. Now, as trite as that little story may seem, it's true, isn't it? When you and I spend time in our faith book on a regular basis, we find wisdom, instruction, guidance that can help us live our everyday lives in a more healthy and effective way. There's a second reason that we need to spend some time in our faith book each day, however, and that's because it reminds us of the true purpose of our lives. In his classic book, The Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren puts it like this, Many of us struggle to understand our true purpose. We're bombarded with advertisers who tell us our purpose is to consume. Rock stars who tell us that our purpose is to reproduce. Wall Street that tells us our purpose is to acquire. And philosophers who often tell us we have no purpose at all. If we want to discover our purpose, however, if we really want to know why we're here and what will bring our lives the most meaning and joy, we don't need to look to these sources. Instead, we need to look to the pages of Scripture. In the Bible, God has given us a sacred gift that reminds us we're put on this earth to use the gift of our life, our time, and our resources to bless each other and God's world. Warren is right, isn't he? It's important for us to spend time in our faith book each and every day because it reminds us of the true purpose of our lives, to use the gift of our lives to bless others and the world. Third, it's important for us to spend some time each day in our faith book because it gives us power. Many of you are familiar with the famous 19th century artist Vincent van Gogh. Although he didn't achieve much success during his lifetime, his paintings are now selling for millions of dollars. What you may not be familiar with, however, is the fact that Van Gogh was a very religious person. In fact, as a young man, he went to seminary with the intention of becoming a pastor. It was during this period of his life that Vincent Van Gogh wrote a letter to his sister. And in the letter, he shared some wisdom for living. In one section, he wrote these words about the importance of reading the Bible. Van Gogh writes, Read the sacred book daily, for by reading it you will draw energy that you need to act. What's Vincent van Gogh saying here? He's saying that by reading our faith book, by studying our faith book, we can be energized, strengthened, filled with God's Spirit. And that's true. Some of the most famous leaders of change in the last century, people like Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Desmond Tutu, Nelson Mandela knew that. They knew that spending time reading, studying, reflecting on the words of ancient scripture each day would give them the wisdom and the strength and the power they needed to allow God to use their lives to transform our world. And it can do the same for us. 
For when we spend time in our faith book each day, we find that through its words, the Holy Spirit reaches out to us, empowers us, gives us the strength that we need to meet the challenges of our day and the challenges of our world. It gives us the wisdom and the courage and the power we need to truly make a difference. Finally, it's important for us to spend some time with our faith book each day because it can fill us with peace. Once heard someone say this, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to a person who isn't. Now, this doesn't mean that people who spend time with Scripture each day uh, won't have bad things happen to them. It doesn't mean that people who spend time reading the Bible each day won't face difficulties in their life. It doesn't mean that people who spend time in Scripture each day won't ever have to go through hardship. What it does mean, however, is that people who regularly engage in the sacred practice of spending time with their faith book will have a strong foundation to rely on, especially in times of crisis. Let me give you an example. A few years ago, I was called to the hospital to be with a member of my church who was having emergency surgery. In the few minutes that I spent with her before surgery, she was in a lot of pain and uncomfortable. I stood there and I held her hand and I tried to be a calming presence. I offered her a prayer for healing. And then the attendant came to the room and began to wheel her away. As she was leaving the room, however, I heard her begin to say something under her breath. Now, I couldn't quite make it out, so I, I turned to her daughter, who was in the room with us, and said, Do you know what your mother was saying? Oh, yeah, her daughter replied. She sang the 23rd Psalm. Really, I said. Yeah, her daughter replied. She always does that when she has a moment of crisis in her life. It brings her a lot of peace. Folks, why is it important for us to spend time with our faith book each day? because it will give us a solid foundation to stand on in those times of crisis and provide us with a deep sense of peace that we are in God's hands. So it's important to engage in the sacred practice of reading and reflecting on Scripture, of spending time with our faith book each day, because it gives us a healthy plan for living. It helps us discover our true purpose in life. It gives us the power to act courageously. And in times of crisis... It fills us with peace. So let me suggest some ways that we can spend time with our faith book. First, we can spend time with our faith book by reading it academically. You know, I found that many people fail to read their Bible on a regular basis, not because they don't want to, but because when they read it, they simply find it too difficult to understand. And there's good reason for that. You see, the Scripture is not just one book. It's really 66 books. It's 66 books that were written over a period of 1,600 years by over 40 different authors in three different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And if that isn't enough, the 39 writings that make up the Hebrew Bible or Old Testament and the other 27 writings that make up the New Testament, well, they contain seven different kinds of literature. There are ancient stories historical narratives, legal codes, poetry, wisdom sayings, and personal letters. To make sense of these many different kinds of writing, one needs to know something about the culture in which they were written, about the people who wrote them, about the audience to whom they were directed, and the reason they were directed to them. 
So how do we address this difficulty? So we can not only begin to understand what our faith book has to say to us, but can apply it to our lives? Well, there are a number of resources available to us. For example, we can join a small group or a Bible study group here at Christ Church. We have a number of great ones meeting right now during the pandemic on Zoom with wonderful teachers that open the pages of Scripture in new and exciting ways. You can find these groups in our Grow section of the website. Another thing we could do is read a book like Marcus Borg's Reading the Bible Again for the First Time or Making Sense of the Bible by Adam Hamilton. Books like these help us gain a greater understanding of just what's going on in the pages of our faith book. If we really want to go deep, however, we might even want to audit a biblical studies class at Greensboro College or UNCG or Duke Divinity School. Reading and studying scripture in an academic setting can challenge us in new and powerful ways. However we do it, to understand the culture, the context, and the content of our faith book, we must read it academically. Second, however, we need to spend some time reading our faith book metaphorically. In case you don't remember your ninth grade English, a metaphor is defined as a figure of speech in which a word or phrase denoting one kind of idea is used to describe another idea. For example, when we say something like, it's raining cats and dogs, we're using a metaphor. We don't literally mean there are cats and dogs falling from the sky. We mean it's raining really hard. We use the image of cats and dogs falling from the sky to point to a greater truth, the truth that it's raining hard. Well, in the same way, there are some times when we need to read the Bible metaphorically. In other words, if we come across a story in Scripture that, well, we can't accept as literally true, we don't need to worry about it and throw it out. What we need to do is ask, what's the universal truth this story may be pointing to? What is this story really trying to say? Let me give you an example. Some people argue over the story of Jonah being swallowed by a whale. Now there are those who say the story is historical fact, and, and that's fine. But there are others who say that's ludicrous. No one could ever be swallowed by a whale and survive. Here's the thing. If we get stuck on whether or not Jonah was literally swallowed by a whale, we might miss one of the universal truths the Bible is trying to share with us in that story. And what is that universal truth? Namely, there are times when life gets so overwhelming, when we face situations that are so challenging, we feel like we've been swallowed by a whale. But in those times, in those moments, we can be sure that just as God did not abandon Jonah, God will not abandon us. God will help us find a way out, or at least a way through. So what is the story of Jonah literally? Is it true? Was Jonah really swallowed by a whale? Who knows? Whether he was or whether he wasn't, the metaphorical truth of the story is true. Whatever happens to us in this life, God will not abandon us. So if we want to get the most out of reading our faith book, we need to read it metaphorically as well as academically. Third, however, we need to spend some time reading our faith book devotionally. Now, to read the Bible devotionally means to read a small portion of the Bible each day as though God were using it to speak directly to us in a personal way, right where we are in our life right now. The great Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard put it like this, 
When I read the Bible, I ask myself two questions. First, what is God saying to me? And second, what is God saying about me? Someone else put it like this, each day it may be helpful for us to read a small section of the Bible slowly, prayerfully, asking ourselves important questions like, who do I identify with in this text? What is God trying to say to me in this passage? Is there wisdom in this story I can apply to my life right now? How does this passage challenge me? If we'll do this, we'll discover that God will begin to speak to us, shape us, empower us, challenge us through the words of ancient Scripture. So we need to read our faith book devotionally. Finally, however, I think we need to spend time reading our faith book memoratically. Now, I don't think memoratically is a real word, but here's what I mean by it. You and I need to make a habit of memorizing certain passages of Scripture. That's because we won't always have our Bible with us or our phone when we can pull it up on an app. But if we've memorized a few verses, well, they can come in handy. For example, as I was a kid, I memorized the verse 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Now, as an adult, when... Whenever I make a bad decision or fail or screw up in some way, I call on that verse of Scripture. And I, when I do that, you know what? It helps. That verse sticks with me and reminds me that whenever I mess up in life, Christ is there to pick me up and, and help me begin again. The psalmist in Psalm 119 talks about the importance of memorizing Scripture when he says, I have hidden your word in my heart. So if you and I want to read Scripture, we need to read it memoratically. We might begin with a small passage like John 3.16 or the 23rd Psalm, or we can start really small and memorize the shortest verse in the Bible, John 11.35, which simply says, Jesus wept. Now we may think that's too short to be helpful, but if you think about it, it's not. Jesus wept can be an incredibly helpful verse to call to mind when, well, when something happens that makes us sad. Because it gives us permission to cry. And it reminds us that Jesus cries with us. The point is, to get the most out of reading our faith book, we need to read it academically, metaphorically, devotionally, and memoratically. Well, I've probably said more than you wanted to hear about the sacred practice of spending time with Scripture, spending time in our faith book. So let me end with what John Wesley, the father of Methodism, said about it. He said, I am a spirit come from God, and I am a spirit returning to God. As such, I desire to know one thing. I desire to know the way to heaven. And God has written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. So my challenge to all of us during the rest of this Lenten season, and the rest of the year, and the rest of our lives, is to consider spending a little less time on Facebook and other social media, so we can spend some more time in our faith book. I believe it'll make an incredible difference in how we live our lives. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.